The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Pirro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. Got an interesting one today in a space we all love at the moment, all about copper. The company is Annex Metals, the code is ANX, trading at seven cents for about $28 million. Now I know we call this the Explorers Podcast, but Annex is really a copper zinc lead developer at its Wim Creek project up there in the Pilbara, about midway between Port Hedland and Caratha. It's uh, just released a DFS into a project, something the market has been waiting for. And isn't it the right time? Copper's uh, moved through $4 a pound. We've just seen BHP cough up $9.5 billion to acquire the copper producer Oz, Oz Minerals. And uh, Rio Tinto spent 3 or $4 billion to take out the minorities in that copper project they have in Mongolia. And why are they doing it? Well, we've all seen the forecast from the professionals out there about the looming copper supply shortage and uh, the shortage of projects to fill the supply gap that is uh, upon us now. So with that, we'll jump into uh, what Annex is all about. And we have Jeff Lang, the Managing Director, with us today. G'day, Jeff. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Hello, Barry. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Now, Jeff, uh, it's the first time for Annex on the uh, podcast. I was wondering if we could perhaps start out by giving investors a bit of a feel about your professional uh, background today. Yeah, well... Uh, you'll you'll hear from the accent that I'm from a different part of the world. I originally came across from Zimbabwe. I've been in Western Australia for 25 years. I'm an engineer by training. I started off my professional career in the uh, base metal and precious metal business of Anglo-American. I was involved in some um, <clears throat> metal refining uh, processing for several years and uh, then moved into the engineering uh, business where I was involved in designing uh, base metal refineries. And uh, then I, I moved across to uh, Western Australia in the, the heady nickel laterite days, was involved in building and operating a, a nickel laterite project for a while. Fairly famous one too. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, I guess on the back of all of that, I, I, I had a fairly good fix of very high-tech metal refining and processing, which was fantastic from a technical perspective, but it certainly mm. it it, it um, formed my uh, my judgment going forward in the junior space that um, simplicity is is certainly something for a junior company uh, is is a great thing to strive for. And um, you know, more recently, I've been in the junior space in sort of corporate positions for probably 10, 15 years now, running junior companies with Annex for four years. It was formerly Aurora. And uh, we acquired Wim Creek, and it uh, became Annex two and a half years ago. And from a from a professional pers- uh, perspective, I've been looking to do exactly what we've done through Annex: acquire um, unloved assets, use smart technology to unlock value, and uh, that's what we're all about at at Annex. Right. Okay. Now, uh, Wim Creek, a, a producer in the past, when uh, Straits Resources had it, I think it was at. 
SXEW uh, project then, but we've got a whole new look about it and you touched on the technology bench you've brought to the project. So April 3, you released the definitive feasibility study. So just run through some of the key findings for us. Yeah, so we're very pleased with the outcomes of the feasibility study. The mine um, uh, that, that, that we've now outlined in the DFS will have a, an eight-year mine life, producing a, between ten and 12,000 tonne a year of copper equivalent. It's predominantly copper, but with zinc, lead, and uh, gold and silver uh, byproduct credits, we'll be producing traditional copper, zinc, and lead concentrates. The project will deliver uh, around $340 million in free cash, about $220 million NPV. Importantly, it has a low capex, so we expect pre-production capex to be around $70 million, and then the working capital will be around $14, $15 million. So all up $85 million in pre-production capex. And that's a real differentiator, we believe, an, an attractive um, all-in sustaining mm. cost of about two, uh, $223 US a pound. Right. Okay. And I mentioned earlier, copper is looking strong at more than four dollars a pound. Um, what's uh, what are the key factors behind that low capital intensity? So there's two key factors there, as you said, as you mentioned earlier, it is a brownfield project. So Straits resources left behind a lot of infrastructure. So we had in place for us all of the water systems, power systems, roads, offices, workshops. Um, so the value of that was significant. And then the other driver in all of this, we are using smart pre-concentration or sorting technology. And that's allowed us to shrink down the scale of processing infrastructure that we require. So we've got a small modular concentrator that we'll be putting high-grade pre-concentrates through. And yeah, you, you know, those two factors together really differentiate us from any of our peers in being a, a low um, entry capex. It's a great project for a company with a $28 million market cap. I would argue it's uh, undervalued at this stage. But I was just wondering, what do you see as the upside potential from the eight-year project at the currently forecast sort of production rates you're talking about? Yeah, so we've got immediate organic upside potential in uh, we've got two resources that uh, will be mined as underground, high-grade high underground um, assets both of them are open at depth. Uh, so they're two satellite deposits that will be mined. Second, we've got an open pit that will be mined first. Uh, so we expect that both of those will will see immediate growth and, and we'll probably do some drilling at Evelyn before, um, certainly before the end of this year to demonstrate that growth. We've also got the potential, because Wim Creek was operated as a heap leach solvent extraction uh um, operation. We've got all of that infrastructure and we plan to use that very effectively to leach low-grade sulfides. So the, the intermediate and low-grade sulfides that get rejected from our ore sorting process will be bio-leached. And this is a very exciting part of our business. We've done a huge amount of work with CSIRO. We've kicked some big goals there. None of that is factored into the DFS and we expect to see big upside from that. In addition to that, Wim Creek is located strategically in amongst a whole a plethora of VMS-style deposits, and we can see a business model growing rapidly as a processing hub at Wim Creek, where we service as a, as a processing center for other satellite deposits, both treating sulfides and oxides 
in our um, concentrator and on our heat bleach facilities. Right. The um, so in the bio leach uh, side of the business, instead of just discarding the intermediate and low grade material after you've sorted it, you actually uh, well end up with a revenue stream from it. That's exactly right, and there's two benefits to that. The the, the one is obvious. You, you you're getting bene- uh, benefit from material that is sub-economic going through a traditional concentrator. But equally importantly, we bring forward cash flows. So through the pre-concentration, we were able to put only the very highest grade material through the concentrator. We put the lower grade material on a stockpile where it's actually bio-leached. So in fact, what I expect to see is an increase in the metal units that we produce. I talked at the beginning about 10 to 12,000 tonne a year of uh, copper equivalent. I'm hopeful that when we put out the results of the bioleaching studies, that we'll see that jump up and perhaps quite significantly because we're bringing forward uh, th- that metal unit production through the bioleaching. Mm-hmm. Excuse my ignorance there. So that bioleaching bio is only for oxide material? No, not at all. It's, uh, it's for predominantly for sulfide material. Mm-hmm. So we're using these bugs. It's, it, it's in fact... Um, if you like, we're enhancing the processes that create acid mine drainage on so many other mine sites where you use mm. natural bacteria to break down the sulfides. And this this is the uh, the holy grail of sulfide processing. And, uh, you know, we've, we've taken a slightly different angle to many other technology um, uh, aspirants. And uh, all we're doing is aiming to leach the low-grade material um, and... As I say, I, I see huge upside for us. And I dare say um, you develop expertise in it and capability. Um, nothing stopping you taking the technology elsewhere. Ex- exactly right. And, you know, we do see a base metal province in the Pilbara where geographically we sit almost perfectly in the middle of, uh, you know, probably uh, six to eight other uh, base metal resources that on their own don't have the critical mass to justify building their own infrastructure. And we can use the particle sorting technology, the bioleaching technology to deliver um, value to not only ourselves, but to some of our neighbours as well. So exactly that. We see the, the this technology unlocking value not only at Wim Creek. Mm-hmm. So is it proprietary to the company? It's um it's what I would call um, intellectual property. It, it's you know we haven't gone down the path of patenting it. It's um it's takes years to get to where we are in terms of of understanding the the technology, and mm. we're much more focused on making um, creating value out of it rather than actually selling the technology itself mm-hmm. and making Wim Creek. Uh, better project than it would be otherwise. Exactly. And, you know, the other point on that is we now have the ability to evaluate other projects with what we know about this technology. So we really are ahead of the, the pack in terms of looking at some other projects that we know are being overlooked by others that we can apply the technology to. So, um, yep, we, we plan to build out a portfolio both in the Pilbara and also further afield. Yeah, okay. Now, I mentioned where you're located, uh, halfway there between Port Hedland and Caratha. Shouldn't really have to ask the question, but I was just wondering if you could give investors a feel for what your infrastructure benefits are of being in that location. So we obviously sit in, you know, one of the premier mining regions in the world. 
huge infrastructure in the Pilbara, and all of that delivers benefits to us. Uh, we sit on the Northwest Highway, as you mentioned, exactly halfway between Karatha and um, Port Hedland. This means that our product is very easily uh, hauled to uh, port. Uh, it also means that we have access to all of the, the, the major mining infrastructure that's around us. Uh, so it's it's easy to get into Port Hedland, Karatha from Perth, bring people mm-hmm. in. Um, so we have all of those benefits. And... Um, we also happen to sit behind the iconic Wim Creek pub, which is actually on the Northwest Highway. Um, that infrastructure was um, enhanced by Straits. They built a mining camp out the back of that pub. Um, and we are working with the local traditional owners, the Nalama Group, who actually own the facility, to refurbish that pub. It was damaged um, in a previous cyclone, not the one that's just gone through the Pilbara, but a previous one. And uh, you know, we're hopeful that we'll be able to utilize some of that infrastructure, deliver a benefit to the community by getting the pub up and running and utilize that infrastructure, the the, the mining camp accommodation. So win, win-win for everyone. So mm. infrastructure for us is a big benefit in, in where we are. Because imagine the Wind Creek pub, um, apart from providing camp facilities, uh, would uh, pick up a huge amount of uh, traffic going through, wouldn't it? On the highway there? It absolutely does. And and it literally is situated 120 k's from each of the um, the two main centres of Carrathra and Headland. And mm. it's a it's a good good place to stop to get a refreshment. There's um, internet signal there. So you know, we we're constantly being asked when you know when is the pub gonna start up again? You know, when can people go and get a, a pie and chips and a, a cold beer and um, you know, we're hopeful to be able to do that um, in the near future, working with the Nalama Group. So in terms of getting into production, does uh, it require more permitting or are you on a mining licence there? No, that is um, a good question. Uh, the, the simple answer is it does require renewal of the permits. So we are on a mining licence, but we've still got to get a renewed works approval and, uh, and mining proposal uh, through the Department of Environment and uh, Department of Mines. We are a long way down that track. You can imagine uh, for a brownfield site that already has a, a you know disturbance footprint, the approval process is um, is not as complex as trying to get something done in a new, in a sort of pristine paddock somewhere. Um, but it, it, approvals are um, required and we are a very long way down the track with that. Um, I, I just I can't overemphasize the benefits of being able to get these approvals in place quite efficiently. Um, you know, I, I certainly think that the mining industry generally in Australia, but further afield, is, is going to suffer more and more in the future in getting approvals in place in a small period mm. of time. Yeah, plenty of examples of that over in the eastern states uh, where gold or gold mines are taking up to 10 years in New South Wales and Victoria. and Okay. The, now, you touched on Anglo-American. Uh, there is a financing offtake sort of arrangement. What's the background to that? So Anglo-American um, have offered us a debt financing package for the project. They've offered us uh, 20 million US in debt financing subject to the outcomes of the DFS. So they're obviously now 
running a, a, a detailed ruler, if you like, over the, the, the DFS numbers. Uh, we did the, this deal with them about 18 months ago, and it was a fantastic outcome for us. They mm. are looking, so it's with their uh, trading group up in uh, Singapore, and they're looking for copper production, and it's becoming more and more difficult to come by. The Wind Creek project is a very modest project in Anglo terms, but it is in a secure mining environment, and they um, they understand the technology. Um, and so with all of those sort of came together, they, um, they've, they've offered us this project financing. They'll get the offtake. So our copper, lead, and zinc concentrates would end up going into the, into the Anglo marketing machine, if you like. Um, as I said, it is subject to the outcomes of the DFS and, you know, we'll, uh, the, the, the ultimate debt that we are able to secure is, is, you know, up for grabs. And how long do you think the uh, review process of the DFS will take? Um, look, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's probably um, uh, several weeks ahead of us, you know, maybe a couple of months. It's a... Uh, um, the Anglo due diligence processes they've already run one over us are very um, as you'd as you'd imagine they're um, they're significant exercises that don't enter into any of these things lightly. So yeah, you know I think um, you know, we're we're up for a certainly multiple weeks, maybe a couple of months through this process. Now I probably should have mentioned at the start it's eighty percent annex, twenty percent Bill Beamont's develop. Um, tell us a bit about that relationship. Uh, you've got uh, one of the best miners uh, on board. Yeah, so we'll uh, take a step back uh, to to explain that. We acquired an 80% interest in Wim Creek, which was owned by the then Venturex, which is now transformed into uh, Develop. And yep. Develop still retains the Sulphur Springs project, which is up in our part of the world. Uh, a similar type of project, VMS project, it's a Greenfield project. So Develop... Um, they sold the eighty percent interest to us uh, under the Venturex banner, uh, probably at a at a time you know for us it was a very opportunistic um, deal. We I'd been watching the asset for a long time. It needed some environmental work done to it, rectification work. Uh, at the time, Venturex were very focused on their permitting and financing for Sulphur Springs, and. Um, they, you know, they they didn't really want to be running two projects. So we took the opportunity. We did a uh, an earn in transaction. We acquired the 80, the eighty percent, and I think now you know, develop have been a very um, happy, supportive twenty percent uh, joint venture partner. They have been free carried to this point, and uh, they will uh, contribute in the development uh, of the uh, asset. And yeah, you know, we're obviously very happy to have develop as a specialist underground miner. We'll have two underground assets that we'll develop, and we're obviously talking to them about that. And in terms of the Pilbara region, you know, there's consolidation potential. We've talked about some of the other assets around us. And of course, uh, Sulphur Springs, as I've mentioned, is similar. It's larger. So, uh, you know, it's, it's great to have uh, develop as our partner and Anglo as a potential fund, funding partner. Mm, yeah, you couldn't ask for two better names, really. And um, Sulphur Springs, of course, is over way over in uh, the Marble Bar area. Okay. Yes. Now, 
I've hinted at it earlier, uh, given the production outlook, the low capital intensity, the right commodity. I was just wondering how you see the value proposition uh, of the company vis-a-vis uh, -vis its uh, peers on the ASX. Yeah, well, we we think that the real differentiator is uh, that pre-development capex, the fact that it is a brownfields asset, so much of the infrastructure is in place, so the the pair, the the time frame through to production will be much shorter than many of our um, peers. And, you know, I guess on the back of those two alone, you know, we do believe that we're um, significantly undervalued and the fact that Anglo-American are, are looking to be part of the funding of it, they have, as I say, already done significant due diligence on this. So uh, people can take comfort from that process already. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we... we believe that near-term copper production will be a, a, um, a, a very important part of our, um, our value growth going forward. And, you know, I expect that as people get to understand the metrics of this DFS and just how robust it is, um, you know, I'm certainly hopeful that the market will re-rate us um, mm. to, a, to a value that's, uh, you know, more in line with um, what the true value of the, the asset is. Mm, okay. So let's bring it all together, if we could, uh, Jeff, and just give investors a feel for what they should look out for for the rest of, say, uh, 2023. Yeah, so the, the, the big hurdles going forward um, include the the financing that we've talked about. So, you know, in the next couple of months, there'll be news flow around that, the permitting. Uh, I expect that in the next quarter, potentially, the, the permitting will land. Uh, but, you know, certainly within the next three to six months. And, you know, I guess once once the permitting is in place and once we've got um, debt financing in place, then, you know, we're, we're sort of 90% of the way there to, to get moving. But we won't be sitting on our hands. Uh, we've obviously got a team working very hard to get the permitting in place, but we're also looking at the business development side of things. And, you know, so there'll, there'll potentially be some drilling at Evelyn to demonstrate the growth potential there. And we're obviously talking to our neighbours about uh, bolt-on opportunities and also looking at other projects outside of the Pilbara region. So expect, um, you know, some potential news flow in that regard as well. Okay, Jeff, you've outlined a very interesting story for us. Uh, an emerging copper producer, um, very advanced, <clears throat> with a nice uh, technological bent to it. And God bless them for refurbing the Wind Creek <laughs> Hotel. <laughs> That's one from all the weary travellers in that part of the world. All righty, Jeff. Thanks again. We'll be watching with interest. Great story. Thanks, Barry. Cheers. Cheers.